Lawmakers railed the VA secretary over concerns that he failed to act quickly enough about sexual harassment allegations in the department's diversity office. Produced by Defense News and Military Times, this is the Early Bird Brief. Each morning we bring you the defense and national security news of the day. and the VA is trying to bridge the benefits gap between black and white veterans. What does this all mean for our defense and security? You'll find out. I'm your host, Simone Perez. Today's Thursday, February 15th, 2024. First up, House Republicans accused VA Secretary Dennis McDonough of ignoring claims of sexual harassment and employee intimidation. The issues allegedly occurred in the department's Office of Resolution Management, Diversity, and Inclusion. McDonough acknowledged serious leadership problems in the office in recent years, but he insisted the issue was not ignored or covered up. Democratic lawmakers said Republicans were exaggerating and politicizing a department problem for election year attention. Ranking member Mark Ticano said the employees are being held accountable and the Republican efforts are hurting chances at reforms. The accusations, Democrats argue, failed to show an agency-wide issue. Committee Chairman Mike Bost did not hold back in his criticisms of the office and vowed that he would continue to press for answers. The investigation stems from a pair of whistleblowers from the diversity office who accused supervisors of unwanted advances and sending sexually harassing messages to them over a period of several months. The committee was contacted by the whistleblowers last fall after inaction from VA officials. The office's chief of staff, Archie Davis, was reassigned last fall after the accusations became public. Two officials accused of ignoring whistleblower complaints have since left the department. Office of Accountability and Whistleblower Protection officials recommended Davis be fired and have his performance bonuses from recent years recouped. But Republican lawmakers took issue with the speed of the response and other parts of McDonough's reaction to the accusations. The committee sent the whistleblower complaints to senior VA leaders in late September, but McDonough did not respond directly to the committee until mid-November. Though some internal investigative work was started in October, Boss called the delay inexcusable. The committee voted nearly unanimously last month to subpoena thousands of documents related to the case and senior leadership responses to the accusations. But several Democrats said they now feel conflicted by those subpoenas due to what they call misinformation from Republican colleagues. Committee leaders had scheduled a meeting later yesterday to issue additional subpoenas, but that was canceled after McDonough's appearance before the committee. Officials have already provided more than 50,000 documents related to the case. Another important story, the Department of Veterans Affairs is working to bridge the benefits gap for black veterans. For more on this effort, Capitol Hill Bureau Chief Leo Shane III joins us. So Leo, first, could you explain just how significant the benefits gap is between black and white veterans? Yeah, we saw some reports on this last summer. The Government Accountability Office came out and said there was over a 10-year period there were disparities in how disability benefits were being awarded to black veterans versus white veterans. Um, And that raised a lot of concerns about whether or not there's systemic problems in how VA is reviewing these cases and and how they're, they're processing these disability claims, which aren't supposed to have any bearing on someone's race. So since last summer, VA has uh, established an equity team and 
looked into larger issues surrounding this, what they found is that they don't see as many problems as reported uh, by the Government Accountability Office, that they've corrected some of these over the years, but they are still seeing some gaps, especially after the first year. Black veterans who are applying for mental health-related uh, disability claims, post-traumatic stress disorder, things of that sort, they're seeing a few percentage points lower than white veterans. And they're not really sure what the cause of that is, but they believe one of the fixes is to get more veterans to file more quickly, get them to file in the first year. They don't see the same disparities there. So with that in mind, VA is looking at just a host of different outreach and and, uh, reform efforts to try and get to the heart of this and make sure that they're not seeing any future racial gaps and and covering disparities that are there. So what specific policy implementations is the VA looking to do to close that gap? Yeah, some of them are specific changes. Other ones are more uh, general ideas. So a program called the VA Solid Start Program, this contacts veterans three times in their first year after separation from the military. And what they're going to do is overhaul the script for that, get a few more focused things to get folks to to apply quicker, maybe even include some language about some of the racial disparities they've seen to, to get folks involved. They're also working with veterans organizations to try and improve outreach to black veterans to to highlight this issue and to find out what the gaps are, what the problems they're seeing are. Then they're also going to do some more general research. Uh, VA's talking about going to some uh, Defense Department installations and interviewing people, see what struggles they have, um, really just digging into to some other programs, see if they can improve it. And then looking more broadly uh, across the benefits system at, at what dispar- what other disparities might be there. Are there uh, gaps in uh, women's health care, uh, women's benefits? Are there gaps with other minority groups? So it's really part of a a whole of uh, whole of VA effort to, to look at the potential for more disparities and to try and make sure everyone's on the same footing. Also on your radar for today, an unusual warning from the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee is leaving a lot of room for speculation. Representative Mike Turner said he had information about what he called a serious national security threat. He urged the administration to declassify the information so the U.S. and its allies can openly discuss how to respond. He gave no details about the nature of the threat in his statement. A senior congressional aide said he understood that the threat relates to a Russian anti-satellite weapon that may or may not have already been sent into space. Such a weapon could pose a major threat to U.S. satellites that transmit billions of bytes of data on an hourly basis. The aide spoke on the condition of anonymity and said it was not yet clear if the Russian weapon has nuclear capability, but said that is the primary concern. House Speaker Mike Johnson said there was no need for alarm and added that he was not at liberty to disclose the classified information. Earlier on Wednesday, Turner sent an email to members of Congress saying his committee had found, quote, a destabilizing foreign military capability that should be known to all congressional policymakers. He encouraged them to come to a secure area to review the intelligence. Turner again never provided details. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan told reporters at the White House that he had already been due to brief Turner and other senior congressional leaders on Thursday. Sullivan did not disclose the topic or provide any other details related to Turner's statement. I reached out uh, earlier this week to the Gang of Eight uh, to offer myself up for a personal briefing to the Gang of Eight, and in fact, we scheduled a briefing for the four House members of the Gang of Eight tomorrow. Uh, That's been on the books. So I am a bit surprised that Congressman Turner came out publicly today in advance of a meeting on the books for me to go sit with him alongside our intelligence and defense professionals tomorrow. That's his choice to do that. All I can tell you is that I'm focused on going to see him, sit with him, as well as the other House members of the Gang of Eight tomorrow. And I'm not in a position to say anything further from this podium at this time. Sullivan acknowledged it was not standard practice to hold such a briefing. 
And now here's some other stories that we're hearing chirps about. South Korea's military said that North Korea fired multiple cruise missiles into the sea yesterday in its fifth test of such weapons since January. Indonesia's defense minister, who's an ex-general with links to past human rights atrocities, claimed victory in the country's presidential election yesterday based on unofficial results. Taiwan's Coast Guard said yesterday that two Chinese fishermen drowned while being chased by the Coast Guard off the coast of Taiwan's Kinmen Archipelago. And Myanmar's military government said yesterday it will draft 60,000 young men and women yearly for military service under its newly activated conscription law. Call-ups are slated to begin after the April festival marking the country's traditional New Year. And on this day in history, in 1898, the USS Maine exploded in Cuba's Havana Harbor, killing much of the crew aboard the ship. While the cause of the tragedy has never been definitively resolved, it was a precipitating cause of the Spanish-American War. That's it for us this morning. To get more top stories and breaking news, go to defensenews.com EBB to subscribe to the Early Bird Brief newsletter. Please give us a like, rating, and a comment wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow us on social media at defense underscore news and at military times. The Early Bird Brief is hosted and produced by me, Zimone Z. Perez. Today's episode featured stories by Leo Shane III and the Associated Press. Our editor-in-chief is Mike Bruce. Have a great day.